Bad horse, bad horse, welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Guys, we, we did it. We're, we made it to the second shelf uh, of DVDs. We have completed uh, the top shelf. Uh, where, this is episode 40 for us, I believe, so we're 39 movies in at this point. We are moved on to the second shelf, and we're also starting the D's. Uh, which is a pretty damn good lineup of uh, movies, if you ask me. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Dances with Wolves, a very, very long movie, uh, but also a pretty good movie, one that I actually uh, forgot how much I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, no, th- this is cool. It feels like we're... Th- it's a milestone movie for us because I feel like we're like a quarter of the way done. I know it's not exactly a quarter because we have like 150 movies to get through. Uh, and some of, like, some of the... The movies I own, like the DVD cases, are just a little bigger. Like some of them are, you know, special edition, whatever. So they're double wide, and there's I don't know. they everyone's just a little different. Um, but yeah, this is cool. We uh, we it's a landmark movie for us. So uh, we're gonna be talking about Dances with Wolves today. Uh, comes from 1990. Uh, obviously, it's uh, Kevin Costner's kind of opus, if you will. Uh, he finally uh, put down his baseball bat for once and uh, went out and won himself a couple of Oscars. Uh, so why don't we just get right into it? Um, I'm not because well, okay, this movie's super super long. It's three hours and it's a very slow three hours at that. Uh, I, I honestly thought it was closer to like three and a half um, uh, when I was thinking about watching this, and I, I actually really wasn't forward to watching this one. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'll be, I know it's not one of the most exciting movies in my collection, um, but. And I knew, like the length was the daunting thing about it to me. Just you know, who wants to sit down and watch three hours? There not there aren't many three hour movies that I get excited to watch, uh, but and this one certainly wasn't one of them. But having watched it again, glad I did. It was, it was a nice refresher as to how good this movie actually is. Um, so it came out in 1990. Kevin Costner is the star. Uh, he's also the director and producer of it. It was written by Michael Blake, who. Uh, also wrote the novel that the uh, screenplay that the movie was based on. So, it, it, this this was a very personal project for Kevin Costner. The movie itself it had a budget of twenty two million dollars, uh, but a good chunk of that actually came out of his own wallet. Uh, not many studios wanted to invest in a western uh, at the time. Obviously, uh, you know, eighties and nineties was kind of a dying breed. And then obviously, you know, you have Dances with Wolves, and then I think Unforgiven comes out uh, a year or two after that. Yeah, it came out. Yeah, Unforgiven, nineteen ninety-two, uh, wins Best Picture. So westerns were, make, you know, making a, a mini comeback uh, at the time, so to speak. But yeah, it. So like I said, he put a lot of his own money into it. It ended up being a huge success, uh, both critically and financially. Uh, one of the biggest movies in the history of the Oscars. Uh, it ended up making one hundred eighty-four million domestic, with over four hundred twenty million dollars worldwide. It's a nice chunk of change. It went on to win. Seven Oscars. It was nominated for twelve. Obviously, both are near records uh, in both for both nominations and victories. Uh, And I will say though, it shouldn't have won. (laughs) It's very. It is very good movies. I have no problem with anything that it was nominated for. Uh, We'll get. Maybe I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But it lost. It beat out Goodfellas for Best Picture, which in the history of the Oscars, I think a lot of people point to that one as, like, the biggest flub that they've ever done. Um, you know, obviously there's hits and misses. 
you know, some years, maybe some years the most popular movie doesn't uh, win. Think of 1994. Uh, in the Best Picture category, you had uh, t- Forrest Gump ended up winning, but it beat out uh, both The Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction, and I think that's just laughable, uh, in my opinion. But then there's this idea of like what's like Oscar friendly, so to speak, and you know, Dances with Wolves maybe fits that mold a little better than Goodfellas. I don't really know, but that being said, Goodfellas is widely regarded as one of the best movies of all time. Not just like be- like best movie that year, best movies all time. Uh, it's it's definitely it's in my top ten. Uh, it's also in my top five as far as movies that I've seen, like the quantity of times I've seen it. Uh, but you know what? Let's let's just get back to this movie. Uh, so if you're not familiar uh, with the movie, I don't I don't blame you, uh, and that, that's totally fine. Um, so it's a uh, Kevin Costner plays a guy named John Dunbar. He's a Civil War officer uh, who is assigned a new post uh, out on the Great American Frontier, something that he was looking forward to. Uh, and he basically he's a very he's a thinker. He's an observational guy. Like he he enjoyed being out on the plains. He wanted to see all the wildlife, he wanted to see the Native Americans, he wanted to see uh, the landscape and everything like that, and he was keep, he's keeping a journal of everything, uh, and he ends up uh, befriending uh, the people of the local Sioux tribe, and it's very, very, it's, you know, they end up adopting him as one of their own, and then he gets captured by, uh, well, okay, when he shows up to his post, he finds out there's no one there, it's abandoned. Uh, so he just kind of works there by him. He lives up there by himself on the plains. Uh, and then that's how he eventually, like, the uh, uh, someone from the Sioux tribe comes down. And, uh, you know, that's how he makes contact with them. And it, it's all it, it's all good for them going forward. Um, and then he gets captured uh, by the Union Army when they come back and find that he's not there. He's uh, arrested as a deserter. And then the Sioux come and get him back, and it's you know it, it it's a great movie. Uh, it's it, it well, I wouldn't call it great. I'd call it very good. Um, and one of the things that it does better than a lot of movies with this idea uh, of you know someone Im- immersing themselves into a local culture. Um, I think the way that they uh, they portrayed Kevin Costner. Uh, learning the language and the customs of the local tribe was really, really cool. I thought it was really well done. You know, everything from, you know, he's like, he, he he's trying to explain what a buffalo is and he's like, you know, crawling around. He's got this, he put this like pillow in his shirt so he's got this big hump and he's, you know, doing horns and stuff like that. And that's how him and uh, Kicking Bird, uh, who's the kind of like the, the priest of the, the tribe and he's the one that wants to, that's urgent to, uh, to communicate with Dunbar, uh, played by Graham Greene, nominated for an Academy Award, does a great job, um, and it, it's cool to see them like be able to teach one another, uh, you know, their own ways and customs, and it's all it's all done in a very like peaceful way. The movie's actually a lot more tame than I remember it being, um, which I guess that actually makes sense, just given you know John Dunbar's nature. You know, he's obviously he's a soldier, so you know one can assume that he just wants to you know he's going to go out there and you know fuck shit up. Uh, but no, he's a, he's a very he's a, he's very thoughtful, very uh, you know eager to learn guy. He's he, he uh, he's he's an introvert, obviously. He doesn't want to you know he's not about the army life. He's more about 
I, I, he, he's a great soldier, but at the same time, he's more uh, about exploring, you know, his own, uh, his own self, so to speak. Uh, so he, he's a very, he, I, I forgot about how just good of a character he was. Very well written, very well acted by Kevin Costner. Uh, got some of the best flow uh, of ever. Just absolutely amazing hair by Kevin Costner in this movie. Uh, and then as he, uh, you know, integrates himself more and more into the Sioux tribe, he's able to, uh, you know, learn the language and they're having him, you know, stay with them uh, more and more often. Uh, he, and what, well, at the beginning he meets... Uh, this character named Stands with a Fist, who's played by Mary McDonnell, uh, who's, uh, her family is killed by, uh, you know, a rival tribe, uh, you know, early on in life, and the, this tribe kind of takes her in uh, at, a, at a very young age, so uh, she, you know, she's a fellow, she's the only white person in this tribe, so to speak, so she's, they rely on her to translate a lot of what Kevin Costner's saying, even though she hasn't spoken this language in, you know, 20, 30 years, however long it's been. Uh, they're relying on her to tra- kind of translate for them. Uh, and M- Mary McDonald does a great job in the movie. She's stands with fist as, as uh, you know, it's a fun character. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say fun, but uh, it's it, it's an interesting character. Uh, obviously, her and Lieutenant Dunbar, who eventually is named Dances with Wolves, uh, based on uh, you know some pe- people in the tribe see him playing around with two socks. Uh, who was uh, this wolf that kind of like went in and out of the prairie um, or near his camp? So he, uh, yeah, being the thoughtful, you know, peaceful guy that he is, he uh, invites the wolf in and he gives it food and stuff like that. And then he starts playing with it, and you know, people see that, so they call him Dances with Wolves. So that's his name. Dances with Wolves and Stands with Fists. They uh, they end up, you know, getting married, starting a family, and then they, uh, I don't know, maybe they get the story ends them like leaving the tribe. But maybe they went off and made a baby called, like, Dances with Fists or something. Ooh, that'd be a good, like, kung fu sequel to this. Dances with Fists. Uh, we're, I'm going to try and keep this one a little shorter today. We've uh, been doing some long episodes lately. Uh, so I want to talk about the, the Oscar stuff with this one again. Um, so it won Best Picture. It was, it, okay, won seven awards. It was nominated for 12. Um... The only one I have a problem with is it winning Best Picture over Goodfellas, which is horseshit. Uh, also nominated that year was Awakenings, uh, Ghost, uh, and The Godfather Part Three, alongside Goodfellas. G- Goodfellas is the obvious win there. I don't know why. Uh, Kevin Costner won Best Director. I would have given it to Scorsese there. I don't know. Maybe there's... Th- those are really the only two that I have an issue with. I think it should have gone 5 for 12 instead of... Uh, Seven for twelve. Uh, it, it won best cinematography as well. Actually, why don't we just go down the whole list here? So it won uh, best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay, uh, best cinematography, best sound, best editing, best or- and best original score. And the cinematography and the score are two things that I want to you know just kind of note quickly. The the shot some of the shots in this movie are awesome. Um, obviously, the Great Plains is very unique. Uh, setting, I, uh, they shot the movie in South Dakota, uh, and I've had the pleasure of going to not only South Dakota but North Dakota. That's right, I've been to both Dakotas. Uh, I don't know how many people have that distinctive honor <laughs> uh, in the state of Massachusetts, but I have been to both Dakotas. Uh, and South, like it, from a landscape perspective, it's a very, very cool. Like obviously, it's flat, but it's cool to shoot on. Uh, just because, you know, the the sky just seems so much bigger there. Uh, and when you get into, like, the rolling hills area, like, I, I was in flat South Dakota, but these guys are more in, you know, the rolling plains area. And, like, 
just the, the landscapes in this movie are absolutely beautiful. There's a lot of cool shots as well uh, in one of the fight scene or the battle scenes, so to speak. Uh, there's one shot that stuck, uh, stood out to me that I thought was really cool. There's um, So basically, the Sioux and the Union Army, they're having a little shootout uh, in this creek thing. And uh, the Union guys are trying to get away from them. And at one point... Uh, Running up alongside the creek, there's like this almost like an upward like incline on the uh, on the edge there, and one of the members of the Sioux tribe he runs up the the creek or runs up the the incline, jumps off and like goes like full spread eagle in there, and he takes the guy down uh, like almost like a pro wrestler or something like that. Yeah, takes this one Union guy like off his horse, uh, and the the camera is uh, fixed in a position above him, so that's tracking like as he like runs up the hill and jumps into the uh, jumps into the creek. A very, very cool shot. I, I, I don't know why that one just st- stood out to me so much as much as it did, but it's great. Um, and then there's the whole Buffalo uh, the Buffalo chase sequence, uh, which is probably what this, the movie's most remembered for. I'll get more, more into that in the Did You Knows. Um, and the next one, uh, the score. Uh, one of the, this is a very underrated score. Uh, very great music in this movie. Uh, I, I feel like it gets lost in the, you know... When you think of like some of the most like famous like you know scores in movie history, like Star Wars comes to mind, Jaws, Lord of the Rings, I don't know, The Shining. There, there, I don't know. There's other ones. Not uh, well, The Shining, but I was uh, Psycho. That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, but like you know, there's a, there's been a lot of great scores over the year, and this one actually is very. It, it stood out to me. I don't know why. Just the way they shot it, it it matches the. You know the Im- the imagery of the movies very very well. Uh, Kevin Costner. This was his first movie that he directed, and I got to give it to him. He did. He directed the shit out of this thing. He knew exactly what he wanted to make. Uh, you know, this was it was obviously a long time passion project for him, with both him uh, starring and directing it, and and producing. Uh, but no, he just he knew exactly the story he wanted to tell, and he knew. He, he could see the movie in his head before anyone else did. You know, everything from the music and the imagery and the, you know, the costumes. Every, everything about this is great. Uh, and going back to uh, nominations, it was nominated for five others. Uh, it was nominated for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Graham Greene for Supporting Actor, Mary McDonald for Supporting Actress, uh, Best Art Direction, and Best Costume Design. So, 1-7, lost five. So... Good, very very good haul. Uh, one of the more one of the most decorated movies uh, of all time, as far as the Academies are concerned. I think actually, this might be the most. Th- this movie might have won more Oscars than any other movie I own. I'm gonna take a quick peek at that. Okay, so I just stepped out to go look at the shelves. I I record this podcast in my kitchen. Um, because when I do it in the living room, I tend to over-talk, and uh, I, I usually do this after Brenna's gone to bed, um, so I don't <laughs> try not to wake her up. Uh, so looking briefly looking at uh, my collection, I think, I, you know, I don't have the exact number in front of me here, but the movies that popped out, okay, Saving Private Ryan won five, so Dances with Wolves takes the cake there, and... Let's see, Argo, I think Argo only won four or five? Oh, Argo won three. And um, Dark Knight only won two. That's bullshit. 
which we're, we're going to be, uh, I'm hoping to talk about that one actually on fr- uh, Friday's episode. That's going to be awesome. Uh, hope maybe we'll try and get a guest in for that one. Uh, but okay, so I'll, I'll come back to this later. But I think, okay, as of right now, I think Dances with Wolves is the leader in the clubhouse for movies I own with the most Oscars. So even I learned something. Um, okay, so why don't we get into the Did You Knows here? Uh, and before I get to the Did You Knows, uh, would I recommend this movie? Yes, but if you're looking, it's not like a rip roaring good time, like you know, fun three hours. Kind of like like Lord of the Rings is three hours, but it's like an easy three hours to watch, uh, you know, because the story's just so like there's a, a lot of just action, I guess, going on in that one. Th- th- this movie doesn't really have that. It's much slower. It's more methodical. Like it's three hours. It feels closer to four though. Uh, not, not that that's you know, it, I don't want that to be a knock on the movie. Uh, because it is really good. It's just really, really long. So I, I, I would recommend it if you have the time and the patience to watch it. Uh, maybe watch, split it up over two nights. I hate doing that. I can't I can't just stop watching a movie. Uh, maybe that's just me. But now, uh, if, if you're looking for just a good, long movie to kill, and there are some fun sequences in there, which we'll get, we're, I'll get into that shortly, um, this is this is w- worth the watch. If you're a Kevin Costner fan, I would definitely watch this movie because this is this one. This is like his opus. Uh, okay, so now we'll get into the did you knows. Uh, okay, first one. To add realism to the movie, a language coach was brought in to teach Lakota to cast members who did not know how to speak it. Uh, because of the difficulty in learning the language, the gendered speech aspects of the language were omitted from the lessons when native speakers of Lakota saw the finished film they found it amusing to hear Lakota warriors talking like women okay so this one's a little interesting and there's a little bit of background you need to understand so through my research um, I'm able to so what I've been able to put together is Lakota has like two The look, obviously Lakota is the language that they speak in the movie with the Sioux tribe uh, but the there's two ways to speak it. There's a masculine way and a feminine way. And my understanding is that it's not like, um, like, like when you're learning like Spanish or Latin or something like, you know, those, uh, you know, the Roman languages, like there, like there are masculine and feminine ways of saying certain words. Uh, but the, you know, it's all like within the same, like the same word is like, it's either got an O or an A on it, depending like if it's masculine or feminine. Um, but I guess with Lakota, my understanding is that uh, the men and the women have just completely different languages or ways of speaking. They still like it's still Lakota, but uh, there's just a very like there there's a certain tone that men are supposed to use when uh, when they when they speak, and there's a certain tone that women use when they're supposed to speak it. So instead of so to streamline the efforts of getting as many cast members to learn language as fast as possible, they just taught one way, and I guess they chose the feminine way. Uh, and this must be interesting for, this has got to be anybody who's like seen like a movie, like an American movie that is in a language that like, if it's in a foreign language and you know how to speak the language and you're watching a movie and like, you're able to like pick up on like, you know, shitty things about that they're doing in that language. I don't know. That must be pretty interesting. I don't, I, I barely understand Spanish and now that, that's like the most like foreign language I understand but I thought I, I just thought this one was a little amusing I also thought it was a little interesting um, I mean so the movie does do a pretty good job uh, and this isn't really 
I'm not the one to really, you know, speak, you know, it's not, it's not up to me to decide like what the depiction, like how, you know, Native Americans are depicted in this movie. I think it's generally positive. The consensus seems to be it's positive, but obviously, uh, you know, with something like this, there are people who have issues with it. And I know the language is one of them. Um, but you know, I, like the messaging isn't bad. This is a very peaceful portrayal uh, of of Native Americans, uh, and uh, Ke- Kevin Costner, separate. Did you know uh, he was actually adopted as a member of the Sioux Nation afterwards for his efforts of, uh, you know, portraying, uh, you know, the Sioux in a positive light. Uh, it's not for me to say. You know, I, I it's it's tough for me to judge. Um, you know how the portrayal is actually done, but I think they do a good job. I think that. There's clearly an effort being made here, uh, but it's it it is just amusing to me that uh, you know native Lakota speakers actually <laughs> were able to pick up on this and thought it was funny. That might actually ruin some of the movie for them because a good chunk of the movie is spoken in Lakota. But but hey, you know a, a for effort. Uh, I think they it, it all it all sounded very believable. Uh, granted, I I don't know anything about Lakota, but. Uh, you know, Mary McDonald, Kevin Costner, Graham Greene, I know, like, those three in particular, they get most of the dialogue, and I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, so, uh, but who am I to say? Uh, second, did you know? The logistics for the buffalo hunt involved a helicopter, 10 pickup trucks, 24 bareback Native American riders, 150 extras, 20 wranglers, 25 recreated buffalo, and 7 cameras. It took 8 days to film. Uh, so without a doubt, the most, you know, the most, the best sequence of this movie is the buffalo hunt. Um, and so it, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, they, the Sioux people, they're, you know, migrating along the plains. And when they find, Kevin Costner is able, he sees like a herd of buffalo and he's able to like direct them uh, to where they're going. And just, it, it's an absolutely amazing scene because, um, from what you know, from my understanding of uh, you know Sioux culture, uh, they you know they they're not just you know shooting these things for game. They're shooting them for you know they use the pelts, they use the meat, they use the bones. That like they use the entire animal. Uh, they, they they need to use as much as they absolutely can uh, from this animal, and they use it as tools and uh, clothes and food and you know all this stuff. Uh, so it's a very important uh, part of their culture uh, is you know killing these buffalo and. The way they did it, like it's kind of like pack hunting. Uh, they just kind of like they're going in there with their arrows and their like and buffaloes. They herd, they you know travel in herds, obviously. So there's a lot of them, and they're running a lo- at a very fast pace. Uh, so you have the natives like riding around them, shooting them and stuff like that. And Kevin Costner's in the middle of it. Um, you know, he's sh- shooting his gun at them and stuff like that. So he's able to you know get a little more than they normally would have gotten. Uh, but it's an absolutely amazing scene. It's the best shot scene in the movie, hands down. It's, I forget how long it is. It's got to be like five minutes or so, but there's there's almost no dialogue. It's just the music and the imagery, and it's it's just, it's a great, beautiful scene. Uh, the, no other way to describe it, but uh, look, look it up on YouTube if you get a chance. Buffalo scene is, uh, the Buffalo Hunt's a very, very cool scene. Must have been, it, it obviously was a big production to shoot. Uh, and for a first-time director like Kevin Costner, who was working on this movie with a shoestring budget, uh, who was pouring his own money in, into it, I think this was well worth the payoff that uh, they ended up winning Best Cinematography for this movie. 
Okay, and uh, last one. Last did you know, which I found very amusing. Uh, in order to best portray a middle-aged man with bad posture, Graham Greene, who plays Kicking Bird, uh, put a slice of bologna in each of his shoes, feeling that the slimy sensation would bring about the awkward comportment of the man's body. I thought... <laughs> so I love, like, little did-you-knows like this, just, like, the, the extreme lengths actors go to. Or the... Not extreme, but, like, the weird lengths that they go to to portray a character. And this was definitely up there among the weirdest ones. Just putting bologna in his shoes to mess with his posture. And you know what? It works. <laughs> uh, he's a very kind of... You know, he... Uh, Kicking Bird's a very, like, uncomfortable-looking guy. Just, I don't know, maybe it, it is his posture. And he, I know a lot of it is, you know, he's kind of weary of uh, Dunbar slash Dances with Wolves at first. Uh, so maybe that's just him, like, being uncomfortable around him. But I don't know. Whatever he did, which was apparently putting baloney in his shoes, it worked. All right, so we're going to rate the movie on a scale of one to five hazmats, just as we always do. And, um... I'm going to give this a three and a half. I feel like I give out a lot of three and a halves, but it's, it's a, it's good. It's very, very long, which definitely takes away from it. And it's, it's a little anticlimactic, which I find uh, a little annoying. It, it kind of, you know, they kind of leave right when the story I feel like is about to start. So I think the, the novel that it's based on, it's the first in a series of two. It was supposed to be a series of three, but the author died, uh, Michael Blake. Um, the author died while he was writing the third one. So the third one never got released, and I don't think they ever made the second one to a movie. Uh, at least Kevin Costner didn't. Uh, but it just kind of, like, it leaves it leaves on a cliffhanger, and it's uh, it's a little frustrating, but, like, the all the stuff about, uh, you know, John Dunbar getting in touch with himself, in touch with nature, in touch with, uh, you, know, fi- you know, finding that inner peace, like, in, you know, by himself on the plains and with the tribe and stuff like that, I think I I think it's great. I forgot how good and entertaining this movie can be. Uh, again, my biggest knock is the length and the ending, uh, but but hey, it's still it's still a damn good movie. You know, movies don't just win seven Oscars by sucking. Uh, so I think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. I think we got a couple. We have a really great lineup of movies coming up. Uh, next episode, we're gonna be talking about the Darjeeling Limited, our first Wes Anderson movie that we're gonna be uh, discussing, which I'm really excited. I I love that movie. I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, and then we're gonna get into some Batman later on, so that'll be cool. Uh, so until then, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Quarantine Mapod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a like and follow us. Uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You name it, we're there. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, I love I love this podcast. Where again, this was a landmark episode for us, so I'm looking forward to uh, you know getting through this second shelf here. It's, it's a stacked shelf, I assure you. Uh, but hey, just remember, everybody, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.